This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Well, we're here at the Village of Providence Point, and it's not really the village yet, but we are at their, I guess the sales center is the proper name of this, at the Annapolis Exchange Parkway, which is across from the mall. So if anybody is interested in checking out what is to come down the road, um, you definitely want to come check that out. And we are meeting with a whole bunch of people. We've got a big conference room. It's like we're a corporate board or something here, but with the National Lutheran Communities and Services, as well as Janet Richardson Pearson, who is the property owner. We have Cindy Walters, who is the brand new, I didn't know what I got into, CEO of National <laughs> Lutheran Communities and Services. Uh, we, we have Brian and Liz Barrett, and we have Nancy Robin, who are future residents of the Village of Providence Point. And I want to thank everybody for taking the time this morning to talk and learn a little bit about where we are. Um, I think, you know, we all sort of know if we follow the newspapers a little bit, this has been a project that has been in the news in the making for, uh, I can say, decades now, I guess, <laughs> at this point. Um, and it finally got the approval from the city of Annapolis. There was a lot of negotiations. There was a lot of opposition. And it ultimately came down to a, a really good, workable, manageable project. Uh, of course, there's somebody that decides they want to appeal it, so we're waiting for that to go. But that just shouldn't have any kind of um, a bearing on on moving forward. I mean, it's it, we've got the approval and everything else, so unless somebody turns it over, it's not really an issue. I kind of liken the folks that are appealing this as to the ones that were probably opposed initially, and then they got hyped up, hyped up, hyped up, when the negotiations started, it was like, they said, okay, well, we're going to go. We're going to take the off-ramp. We're going to work on it. And they just kept on going down the highway and <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. So I, I saw a letter in the paper this morning or this weekend, and it was, you know, as soon as you, you read it and then you get to the, the real vision, you know, they're destroying the entire forest. Uh, you know, and it's like, okay, so we've now moved up to that level where we're just using, um, which is kind of crazy. But that's where we are with the project. But we want, and we've talked, certainly talked to the National Lutheran Community Services several different times throughout this period. And I think we even talked to uh, the predecessors uh, from Connecticut once. You know, we wanted to talk to, actually, to Janet Richardson Pearson, who is, uh, I don't know whether the brainchild behind this, but I mean, you are the property owner. You've owned the property um, and how long have you had? How long have you had the property for? Uh, I think since 1997, uh, 96 on one parcel, and 97 the following year. Through your ownership of this, I mean, and you, you've lived on the property, you've uh, enjoyed the the waterfront, and the you know the property is just absolutely beautiful. You've got the, and I think it's called the Dressage Institute. Did Chesapeake, I get that right? Chesapeake Dressage Institute, yes. It's um, an equestrian training facility. Right, mm -hmm. And uh, notably here for uh, in Annapolis, you've got the Wellness House, which is another, which was, I guess, the original farmhouse on the land. Yeah. Uh, well, not that. It's been it's 1840, 1860, and uh, early, late uh, 1800s, built in three stages. Right. So, yeah, it's pretty old. We renovated it years ago because it needed it. But a while ago, you decided to sell this and, uh, you know, downsize. Uh, what, why did you decide to sell? Well, it started out that, uh, first of all, I, we heard on the grapevine that there was going to be a big, huge housing project called Steeplegate that was going to have something like 600 and some homes. And we saw plans for it, and it had actually been approved. Uh, but other people owned it at that point in time. And we were just... You know, Paul, because we live right next door, 
practically next door, yes. So um, my late husband and I talked to the uh, present owners, and actually uh, Crystal Spring Farm was a handshake deal. Uh, they met and talked. We made our offer. They shook our hand, and we, we, had, we followed through. And then he was, I lost him shortly after that, and so then I was able to purchase Maskey Farm uh, a year later. And uh, it was basically to stop the huge development. But after a while, I realized that in order to preserve, because I wanted to preserve as much as I could, especially the Maskey Farm property, and uh, that I needed to uh, be a little more practical and sell part of it for the rest of it to save the rest. Interesting. Well, how did we get to a, you know, a, a continuing care community? Well, it I mean, just, I'm sure Walmart was. Walmart you know, was very. In, no, really, I. Walmart was talking to me, and I had developers uh, wanting to do housing projects. Like I said, I, I kissed a lot of frogs before uh, these guys came on the scene and with National Lutheran, and the whole idea of a continuing care community really appealed to me because of what I went through with my own parents. Uh, it took my mother lived in five different places. Uh, before she ended up in hospice. And that's just too much. It's very disconcerting to have to move from place to place as as she deteriorated. And so that was a big part of it, going through that whole process with my mom uh, and somewhat with my dad to uh, see if we could do something a lot better. And I really like the idea of the continuing care that you could stay in place and not services can start coming to you. That's one thing is, is beautiful. My, both of my parents were in a continuing care community down in Florida and uh, just abs- absolutely wonderful. And it's uh, a different type of a concept than what uh, what I knew when I was, was growing up. I mean, you know, it's uh, you know, I, I look at the lifestyles of adults today and I go, wow, we're you know, my, my father was traveling and golfing at 95. That's wonderful. Uh, so you know, it's we're we're much more, and I'm counting myself into that now as I'm getting getting up there as well. But you know, it's the lifestyle is much more active, and and you know, it's it's not a okay. Well, it's time to put Grammy in the nursing home. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I turned sixty. I my kids didn't get me the walker. You know, I mean, it's, uh, hey, wait uh, till your kids turn sixty. Right. That's, yeah. they're, they're, they're all they're all working. I've set out rules. I said you need to save for your retirement. You've got to contribute to your four hundred one k. Okay, and since I put you in diapers for the first three years of your life, you need to contribute at least three years to Dad's diaper fund when I when I need it. So they understand what's uh, what's going on. But we've been going on with this for over ten years on this at, at least. And how did you keep your your I focused on the on the end result without sitting there saying, "Okay, fine, Alice Walton, come on up, let's talk, let's let's build that Walmart, let's build the Best Buy." Because and and I realize there's some zoning issues that went in would would have been a challenge there, but you know there's probably were plenty of other easier ways to move the property. I mean, you could have sold it to to, to the city or the county I, at some point if they had the money. You could have you know you know kept it and just put it in a trust and which uh, some of it already is now as it moves forward. Yeah, I, I, at first right away when I annexed into the city, I told them that I was going to put the Maskey farm in a in a trust uh, environment uh, not to be built on trust and then uh, also just to 
get this in. Uh, there's a, a berm on the side of the road, and I put the berm there and filled it with trees. So the whole side, right-hand side, leading to uh, the horse facility is a big grove of trees that we planted from little things like this. And so, but I can't count those as my trees when I reforest, which I didn't think was fair, but you know. Yeah, well, I mean, when I was trying to think, what do I, what do I want to do with this property? And uh, I don't want to be housing development because uh, we lived through Hunt Meadow because when I used to live oh, further right. down the road, Hunt Meadow came into being and they were cutting all the trees and this and that. And we used to ride through there and the trails. So I uh, did not want a big housing project and uh, was looking at options. And then the idea of uh, retirement community, I just found it very appealing. Less traffic, uh, nice facility for elderly, uh, with the new cutting-edge thinking of how older people need and want to live. And um, that was sort of it. I laud you for everything that you've done. I mean, that not, I mean, yeah, nobody wants another 650 single-family homes coming in with uh, and not that we don't love kids and not that we don't love, you know, but I mean, the burdens on the schools and uh, as, as opposed to a, you know, continuing care community that's. And don't forget, they were going to bulldoze down all those trees. You look at the plot of the first steeplegate thing and there's no, no trees, no, no acknowledgement of wetlands, anything like that. Well, that's one of the things that I people lose sort of lose sight about. Okay, we we do need to have progress in this world. Yeah, uh, you know, look where we are because of progress in just any aspect. But and with that, there are there are some trade offs. Okay, uh, yes, when we build the village of Providence Point, we are going to lose some trees. They are going to be replanted at other locations, perhaps in the city. And the net loss is going to be nothing, uh, eventually. Which is really, uh, I think, the first time they've ever had a major project have that. Yeah. It's groundbreaking. It's yeah. the, the restrictions and the environmental things that they did in this project are outstanding. In fact, uh, the, Mr. Tom Smith at, at City uh, Planning said that this this project will be the most environmentally sensitive one in this area, if not the state of Maryland. Wow. Well, well, it does. It works with the, the impervious surfaces. It deals with that. It deals with the cleanup of Crab Creek that's... Uh, Crab Creek, right? That's yep. back back on there that, mm-hmm. that does that. You've got um, traffic, which is, you know, it, it's not going to harm it. Uh, and it possibly could improve it a little bit. And Well, that was the one thing that was interesting when, we, when they did the independent uh, traffic study uh, by an independent person that uh, was selected, I think, by the city or anyway. I mean, it was not National Lutheran's person. It was an outside right. person. And this person said that with the improvements in the new road, that traffic would be better in the future with this than it is at its present time. And that's pretty impressive. That's one thing that I always thought going in the myriad of conversations we've had is that we can turn around and say, okay, you need to shave off 100 feet of your property to put a seven-lane highway in, whatever it may be. I mean, nobody would do that, but the city calls the shots on that. You know, there's plenty of ways to make the road wide enough to handle whatever types of traffic. And yes, you need to put in all the traffic signals. And, and it was sort of a red herring, I thought, as far as when they yeah, said, oh, the traffic. They're, they're putting in an extra turn lane yeah. and they're going to synchronize all the traffic lights. So that's a big improvements right there. 
Well, and, and I realize that. I mean, we are on a peninsula, which yes. you know, there is one way in and one way out. And well, there's a couple of ways if you know the back roads, but it's generally, uh, and that's any peninsula. It doesn't matter where you are. You know, I laud you for, for doing it and having the foresight to do it and uh, well, the, t- the tenacity to, st- to stick through. Some people call it stubbornness, but we won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, you know, we also wanted to talk to Cindy Walters, who is the new CEO of National Lutheran Community Services. How are you? You're not you're not you're nothing like Larry Bradshaw. No, no you'll find that out very quickly. <laughs> you, have, you have you have a little bit more hair and uh, you're probably a little bit more stressed now because yeah. you've retired out in Florida. Yeah. And, I, and I had a lot of learning to do in the last 11, the last 11 years to catch up with everything. Yes. Well, that's that's great. I mean, like I say, we've talking with Larry, but. You know, how did you how did you come into National Lutheran Community Services? Wow! Oh my goodness, um, that happened in 2012 because of a re- long-standing relationship I had with Larry when I used to be at KPMG, um, and I was a partner in their National uh, Senior Living Consulting Division. Oh. And Larry and I worked together when I was a, a partner and, and a consultant. And I started to help uh, National Lutheran in their growth. Uh, that they started back in 2012. So opening the village at Orchard Ridge in Winchester, Virginia, opening up the home care agencies that we have today, uh, helping to expand what we have at the village at Rockville, um, and then became the chief operating officer in 2016. Well, you guys have many properties, and for those that aren't aware of that, I mean, you operate, uh, you mentioned Rockville, I think there's some in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. and the organization itself has been around for uh, 100 plus years. 132 years. 132 years. So you've, you've got some experience under, under, under your belt to be able to figure that out. You know, as we move forward, uh, and again, we briefly mentioned that the, the court challenge is not, it's not a roadblock, it's a bump. Um, I mean, what other bumps do we see? Any bumps that are, you know, as the project moves forward? Of course, we don't always see all the bumps, but. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I, I, I would be remiss to even say, and I don't th- I think all of us are seeing a little bit of some of the bumps in terms of the challenges with inflation, the challenges with supply chain, the, you know, the, the unknowns that, that, that this current environment has, has, has taken for all of us. But right now, I would say to you that we are moving along as it relates to the most important piece of this, and that is the sales process and, and obtaining all the depositors that we need to be able to break ground. So that's moving along for us. We are, are, are closely reaching that 100 mark of the 160 that we need to be able to break ground. So we believe that will happen sometime late fall this year. Oh, that's awesome. Well, without without any commitments, uh, we're not putting it in writing. And uh, but I mean, what what is the general timeline? I mean, if, if you assume that the late fall, I mean, where where do we look? Because we're joined at the table table by two future residents, and they're like salivating here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holding our breath. Yeah. We're not yeah, getting any absolutely. younger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah t- time is definitely a commodity. Um, so so basically, um, again, with what the Department of, of um, the Department of Aging requires of us, we do need to hit that 160 mark, which is 65. Pre-sales, we do expect to hit that late fall. If that happens, ground breaking can occur fairly quickly right after that, and then it's just the time to build. So, yeah. What's, what, what would you guess to, to build out one sense, you know, a couple years? Uh, uh, yeah, you could you could measure it in months, but yes, about twenty four months. Twenty four so, months. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. it's getting exciting to see it here. And I, I've been a fan. I mean, I'm not going to apologize. I've been a fan of the project from, uh, you know, from day one, and actually probably. Four or five iterate. We probably would have disagreed back when the, when the Barretts were, were opposed to it. But um, I, I do think it's good. I think that you know, as you look at um, you know aging adults in 
the community, there's so many different options. I mean, you know, you've got the, you know, aging at home, you've got more traditional nursing homes, you've got, you know, various levels of, you know, affluence that will work at different things. And one thing, my parents were in a similar community in Florida, uh, separately, they were divorced a long time ago, but ultimately ended up in the same community. It was kind of a weird thing, but that was, um, but the neat thing I find about it is that the residents and every one of them was involved uh, in some way, shape, or form, whether it be with the community itself or whether the larger community, the city. Uh, I know my father was chairman of the local SPCA for years down there, and uh, he's got a plaque and a, a dog statue named after him there. So it's, you know, uh, and, and I mean, that, that was his passion to get out there. And there were others that it was down on the water. So there was passions that were boating. They were working. They worked with um, underage or underprivileged underprivileged kids to teach them and get them experience into boating. And I find that, you know, Annapolis is a very robust community as far as and we're very diverse as well. I mean, we've got very, very low income and we've got, you know, very, very wealthy and, and a myriad in between. But we've got a number of different opportunities for community and the people that are going to be moving into Providence Point are prime for that. I mean, they they're generally all retired. Uh, so there's some time. So they're not going to hit the rush hours, hopefully. I mean, you know, who gets up at seven in the morning and says, hey, you know, I think I want to go out on Forest Drive for, you know, for a little bit. Um, you know, uh, although I have found the trick that if you can catch any one of those lights get up to 40 to 43 miles an hour, you can make it all the way out to uh, Route 50 without a, without a traffic light. <laughs> uh, but the folks that are going to be moving in the community are really going to be, I find, giving back. And I would, have, I would assume that that's not going to be any different here as it comes. Uh, the folks that have been laughing over on the other corner are Brian and Liz Barrett, who are Annapolis residents currently. Uh, you said Before we started recording, you said you lived over near West Annapolis. And how long have you been in town for? Um, yeah, we live, we live in West Annapolis. Um, and um, I've been here since I immigrated from the uh, from the United Kingdom from England in 1989, which is when Liz and I were married. Um, uh, so I've lived lived here since then. Um, actually, we we lived for a couple of years in San Diego uh, at the turn of the decade. But um, but we always kept our house here. But Liz has lived in the house where we where we live now since 1981. Oh wow! Um, when she bought the house there, so long term resident of uh, of Annapolis. Um, I understand that you guys were initially when I'll say Crystal Spring came on the on the on the radar way back when uh, you guys were kind of opposed to it. I was I was dead set against it. I really I couldn't believe that they were going to do that in that location because I mean we don't have that many forests around and I'm not I couldn't say I'm I'm really an active environmentalist of any sort other than trying to follow what I think is good good practice. And I agreed with the people that were opposed to it. So I just kept, I was on their, their cart for a long time, just hoping that they would keep it from happening. But I, yeah, but I was going to say, I mean, when, when you look at the fact, I, I just within the last few days got an email from, um, from Weingrad detailing right. off. And my heavens, what a, what a wonderful story of... Um, a successful story of negotiation and and working with the city and working with the city planning and environmentalists and I mean every 
complaint was not only not only dealt with but have gone beyond um, in and in in terms of the planning i mean it's it's really excellent well Gerald did, really did a good job i mean he i mean he was very adamant he dug his heels in sure I mean, and uh, he was I guess the the best thing that he did was to get National Lutheran as well as the city to listen. And I think it's kind of reversed. Let me just put a plug in for Larry, because Larry went down to the city after the other developers left, and he said, rolled up his sleeves and he said, what do we have to do to get this project through? And he just listened to them, and he uh, worked with every issue they had. And uh, some of those issues, Gerald Reingrad had been talking to the city people about, so he was very much a part of that uh, initial uh, going through with all the ch changes and what all. And so we really give Larry a lot of credit. He yeah. he really dug his heels in. He's a he's a diplomat in his personality, and he's really a good guy. And uh, and he had a good agenda. I mean, he didn't come across as you know a carpetbagger or anything like that. And so I I like to to, uh, to all of the participants, of course, but I think Larry needs a special acknowledgement of all that he did. Yeah. He was also a brave guy. I, I was at a couple of those public meetings. Oh. <laughs> Throwing the darts. The, you know, they've, got the, uh, they've got the kerosene and the, and the brooms and the pitchforks out back. Grab one on the way in. Uh, they, they, were, they were pretty rough. And, and uh, you know, again, uh, Janet, to your point, it's much better in, in any kind of business to work with people that you like. Uh, that you can get along with. I mean, working with jerks is is no fun for anybody, and it's uh, it's really makes a lot of sense, you know. And a lot of people say that there's you know too many options. I mean, that's one of the arguing points that the the uh, people that have appealed this have said there's too many options for adults in in Annapolis in the Annapolis area. And and yes, we do have you know some nursing homes, and we do have any any number of different options. And this is this is not for everybody. And, and that's, you know, there are some people that say, there's no way I'm going into any type of an institutional and, you know, I'm going to sit at home and, and that's fine. But we sit here and we look at Providence Point and I guess my question is, is with the options, I mean, there's like, I, I don't want to name competition because I don't think they are, but I mean, like, you know, you've got Chrisley and you've got um, Ginger Cove, Sunrise and, and they, any number they of woods. But what what was it that attracted you about the lifestyle at Providence Point? That's hard to say since it's not in existence yet. <laughs> what we hope the lifestyle at Providence Point would be having a, a new group of new forever friends and, and starting a life that is our forever life. And um, this business about when we retire, I mean, I don't think we've ever retired. People talk about when you retire. Right. Well, you know, when we ret both have retired, we've started something else. So we're still we're still actively doing stuff, and we're looking to continue to be active in the community and have Providence Point be our springboard for continuing living. Yeah. And, uh, sorry. Just just to add that, I, th I think I would stress that point about about being all of us will be coming in at the same time um it's not i, I we've we as i'm as i'm sure you have also looked at, at a number of other a number of other options and um and i think the the concept it, i think it 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 it'll be quite 
quite difficult to sort of plant yourself into an, an existing operation, existing organization, and, um, and, and be able to make the kind of friends that you would make when you all are joining something together at the same time in a new, in a new, a new place. Big party. Um, and so I think that that's one point. I mean, there's an, another, you, you say, why do we choose this rather than another? There, there is a financial aspect of it, which um, is the fact that the that uh, Providence Point is, um, you know, it uh, has, a, has a, basically a Type C FIFA service um, CCRC, and which by no means um, are, are they all, do they all have that? And um, if, as we have, um, a substantial amount of long-term care insurance, we, w- we, w- we, would, we would look for somewhere where, which, which takes account of that and um, provides, as, as they call it, a type C, CCRC um, arrangement. Um, now, that's not the case with, uh, I give you an example, which is um, Bay Woods, is, is a, a condominium. You buy a right. condominium. Well, do I want my, when I, you know, finally... Uh, going in vertical, come out horizontal, Um, (laughs) when I finally fall off my perch, do I really want my children who are in England and in France to suddenly find themselves owner of a condominium in Annapolis? I mean, out of the question. My kids are not going to take care of you. (laughs) Right, right. So... um, you know that 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 is it is an important consideration of, of the the affordability and the 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 financial aspects of 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 it. Well, I mean, Province Point is also a uh, it's a return on investment type of a, of a program. I mean, you pay a fee to get in, and then. You know, when when you pass away, it, the, a portion of that goes back to the estate. Is that true? It depends. It depends. Yes. Oh, you've yes. got different, different yeah. abilities. To do three different options there. You can either you can pay a large amount, and that exactly mm-hmm. then a substantial amount of that goes on to your heirs, or a somewhat less amount, or you can pay a smaller amount, and it, and all of that you, you you don't get anything back. The heirs don't get anything back, so that's a one-time payment. Well, that's great. I think um, I got a hundred bucks in my car. Can we? Uh, can, <laughs> can, can we? So. But the um, but the 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 fee for service aspect of it once you're in um, is that uh, you know you pay a monthly fee and then if you go into assisted living it's somewhat more if you go into nursing home it's considerably more um, and that is where if you have long term care insurance then you claim against uh, against those and that's the beautiful thing about a facility like this is that you know you. You're independent. I mean, you will have your your vehicle, and you can go out to the coffee shop, and you can go down downtown to eat at whatever restaurant you want, and, and enjoy life that Annapolis is, is known for. For sure. But you know, I, I know that when my mother she fell and she broke her hip, and then they they had the ability to you know care for her temporarily in outside of her her place. It was beautiful to be able to you know be there and remain you know as, as active. As you can, and I know all these communities have so much going on. As far as uh, you know, I mean, well, first of all, the food anyone that I've been into is amazing. But that, you know, but the uh, activities for the residents uh, within the property as well as off the property, uh, you know, the culture and everything else really is is pretty phenomenal. Let me let me talk to Nancy here, who is a resident of Anne Arundel County. I understand for forty years. 
Crofton for 40 years. Oh, my work. And we moved here because my husband got a job working for the legislature in Annapolis. So we were very familiar with Annapolis. In fact, when we first moved in, there was no Annapolis Mall. And so shopping was very limited. But we always loved the charm of downtown Annapolis. And before we had kids and as we got babysitters, we would spend a lot of time there. As my we were aging, my husband got sicker and sicker. And I began to think where I knew he would pass away before me. And what am I going to do? I could not, by the way, have gotten my husband out of Crofton for anything. He loved it there. He had a small community-based law practice there, knew everybody. And that was really his home. But I was looking forward to what the rest of my life would be. Um, I had never heard of Crystal Springs. I had never heard of the village until just a few months ago. I had really not even started looking because my daughter, who has my only grandchildren, and I, we were thinking of all moving to Frederick. We love Frederick, and we were thinking of going up there. But for some reason or other, they changed their minds and decided to stay in Anne Arundel County, which was fine with me. I like it down here very much. So that's when I started seriously looking. I won't say I visited any place. I didn't. I did it all online, except for here. And a lot of the objections that I can sort of sense in some of what you said, I found. I, people who, who talked about moving into, like, Harold Harbor and, and having the homes, and they said they like it, but, oh, they forgot, didn't know they had to worry about shoveling snow and doing grass. I'm now a widow, and that's, those are the problems I have. Who's going to shovel the snow? Who's going to take care of all the things that have to be done around a house? I have a lot of help because a lot of people continue to do work for me, but I've gotten to the point I don't want to be doing that. I want to have a, a life that's more of a life for me, and I'm living in a neighborhood that's transitioning to younger folks. They're very nice, very pleasant, but what, can I, what do I have in common with people with new babies? I just don't. And so I, I want a place like with community. And when I came to the first social that I came to here, and I asked everybody that I spoke with, what do you see? Why are you coming here? They all said the same thing, community. Mm -hmm. We want a sense of community. We want to have friends. We want to have activities. That's exactly what I want. And when I explained it to my kids, and I was really excited about it, they looked at me and they said, Mom, it's going to be like going back to college without the homework. <laughs> and I said, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love that. That, that. And I like the idea of being new, too. I thought about yes. the very same thing, no clicks or anything. I mean, we'll form our own clicks, I guess. But the whole idea of just walking into a new place and we'll be the architects of what we want to do. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like that. So I'm very excited. Well, so it's, it's certainly a, co a huge commonality that everybody will share. Yes. Um, I imagine you guys all get to, together and squawk about like the nail pops in the ceiling and, <laughs> and stuff like that once it finally Now it's going to be perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, what does your family think about? I mean, are they all, all on board now? Oh, my son is beyond happy because when we were talking about Frederick, he said, you mean I'm going to have to drive all the way up to Frederick? He's in Anne Arundel County for Thanksgiving and Christmas. He said, I don't want to have to do that. So he's happy. Everybody is happy. My daughter's staying in Anne Arundel County. He's staying in Anne Arundel County. And unfortunately, most of my friends don't live in Anne Arundel County, and that's been another problem with the pandemic and not sure. seeing them because they're scattered all over the D.C. area because I worked in D.C., so I'm staying. I had hoped, one thing, I had hoped that I would be closer to the beach. And when I did a Google map search, I found I only saved six minutes moving this way because of the, <laughs> having to drive back up uh, Forest Drive. But um, I'm extremely excited. I just wish it were next year that I would be yeah. moving in, truly. I mean, I'm cleaning my house out already. I'm just so excited. 
Florida never crossed your mind? Well, I have a long experience with Florida, and Florida has many lovely places, but both my in-laws and parents retired down there. I went down there many, many times. To me, personally, Florida's a nice place to visit, but it's just not for me. Too hot, too many bugs, alligators, all the other stuff, and tourists. And um, I, I want to stay in Maryland. I love it here. So right, right. grew up here, love the water, love the bay, love everything. Where'd you grow up? In Baltimore. Okay, wonderful. Well, you don't you don't have snow or no snow to shovel down in Florida, but no, no, no. That's I love snow. I'm a winter girl, so see, I, I, it's too warm down there for me. Well, you know, I think that it's just a. You you had mentioned that the life as as we, as we age, our lifestyles change, and the, and the different communities change around you. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I looked around my neighborhood, and I'm like. They don't look like me. They've all got little itty bitty kids. <laughs> you know, the, the school buses are coming, and and my kids are flown and grown at this point. So it's it's interesting to see that, and I'm finding that I'm having less and less in common with some of my neighbors. And you know, maybe it's you know maybe it's time to move to Providence Point for me, or uh, or maybe it's to someplace else. Just to you know, similar to what you had said, Nancy. I mean, you've got to you've got to travel to to, to get to your, your crowd. I and think the pan- why, yeah. yeah, sorry. I think the pandemic has done a lot of a that huge to amount. us too. Oh, yeah. I mean, before we find out that even now, and as things relax, although then they tighten up and relax, we were always entertaining and doing things. All of a sudden, it's we have to invite. We need to invite somebody to dinner, and you, you've stopped doing that. You've, yeah, you've been happy to do the things that you can do kind of by yourselves and separated. So. It's not quite as big a, a jump as it would have been 10 sure. years well, ago. Well, you found ways to, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, to play by yourself. Exactly. And, you know, so without... now we're looking to look to meet new friends to play with. Yeah, no, I, I, it, makes per- it makes perfect sense. And the pandemic has really, uh, in some instances, really helped. I know, like, from technology and connectivity and everything else, it's really advanced the business world, certainly, 20 years you know, I mean, you look at the federal government that's now realizing that they can, these hundreds of thousands of people can now all work at home. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, and, you know, a lot of them can. And how you coordinate with, with everybody is, is, is amazing. But again, it's, it's also made us a whole bunch of introverts, I think, which, which I really, you know, I know when we first broke out of it, I was like, oh, man, that's right. Okay, now make sure you wear your pants when you go to this meeting. We're meeting in person. You know, it's, it's like, you know we... Um, and true, you know, though. I mean, Zoom and everything else is is wonderful. But I, you know, I, I hate to think that handshakes are are going away. But there's still a lot of people that will will go for the fist bump. And I think we're that's just sort of a, a cultural change that we're going to need to sort of get get addressed to and figure out. Yeah, it's never. Get, I mean, it is. You know, the world in general, let alone locally, is never going to be the same. I mean, it is a different. It's a different place than it used to be. Did anybody here ever think they were going to live through a pandemic or have see a pandemic? For sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I never, never saw that one coming. Yeah, I did. Did you? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah just reading. You know, you'd read about these uh, different viruses that come out of Africa and Asia with a, a live market, live animal markets, and, life, yeah. and you know. And there's a lot of stories, you know, suspense stories that were written about it. And I, you know, my husband and I would always say, well, one day it'll hit us. We didn't think it'd be so soon, but, and we didn't think that the response would be as crazy as it's yeah. been. Yeah, but, yeah. But, um, yeah, now avian, fu- avian flu is finally 
been found in one human. So if one human has avian flu, yeah, and what yeah. is that going to? And with people traveling the way it. they do around the globe, there's no way to stop. Yeah, it's crazy. For sure. You know, it's funny as I look around the the table too. I also note that Brian and I are the only ones that bring in any testosterone here, and it seems to be it's all these women that have a have a vision as to what they want to do. I mean, you know, we've got uh, you know Nancy who's got this you know vision to come from Crofton and you know down here, and certainly. Janet, who had the vision to do that, and uh, we've got Cindy, who's got a vision for National Lutheran Community and Services, and we've got, um, and we absolutely have Liz, who's you know just excited there. And I mean, women have sort of played, and I think National Lutheran was that found, that was founded by a woman too, wasn't it? it was yeah. Um, you know, if you go back to the history of 132 years ago, it was a similar situation. It was a woman with a vision. Hmm. It was Sarah Udemil who basically had land. We knew what we wanted to do in terms of creating some type of a, a senior living uh, community, a way in which to provide senior living services. And um, she donated the land. And she, as well, had a vision of what she was looking yeah. for 132 years ago. So here we are. Fast forward. We're doing here with Janet and, and couldn't be more pleased with the way this has worked for us and, and the way we have been able to work so well together. And I know it's been a long journey. And it sure has been. And I... And I empathize with all of you because I can see the excitement and I'm excited for you all because I have seen what it can be. I've seen it in some of our other properties. I've seen how the residents are the ones that create the community. They create the culture and it's their affinity to the different things that that provide them with that that sense of passion that they're able to create uh, within the community. So for me to sit here and say this is what it's going to be like and this is everything that we're going they're going to do I would never say that because it's really about each one of you yes. and what you create. And I, I, I would say just from my limited experience with my parents down in Florida that the residents, can, I mean, you built the buildings and you, you, built, you build the restaurants and the, you know, the, the food services and the, the facilities, um, but it's, it's the residents that really, really make it the home. I mean, it's... Uh, For sure, yeah. I'm waiting for the first piano to get donated to the, they say that someone will donate a piano because I'm looking for that to be in that bar area. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so are we looking for the piano or are we looking for the bar? What are we? <laughs> the bar's there. We've seen pictures of the bar. We just haven't seen pictures of any piano. We're, Do you play? We're into music. We're, we're, very, we're both, both music. Um, I sing and Brian I'm, plays I'm a, the cello. I play with the London Town Symphony here. In, oh, do you? In yep. Then you know Buzz Dillinger. Oh, very well. Of course well. I do. Yeah, yeah, I, wow. I might say I sit exactly, I'm also a cellist. Okay. And so uh, Buzz and I sit uh, one behind the other. In, uh, in, Buzz, it's great. You've got, you've, got, you've got a concert coming up pretty soon. With, uh, uh, how about Saturday? Yeah. yeah with yeah, the, the Maryland uh, Eastport Hall. Oyster Boys at Maryland Exactly. Hall. <laughs> and uh, if anybody is doing nothing on Saturday night, 7.30 at Maryland Hall, very nice concert, actually, it'll be. Uh, I hope, I'm sure it will. I saw that. Uh, yeah. Two years ago, I think it was two or three years ago. You did it with East Point Oyster Boys. It was kind of kind of interesting to yes, see. Yes, I, I wasn't playing. I, I used to play with the Columbia Symphony uh, for many years, and at that time I wasn't with London Town. But I am. I have now been with a couple of years. Are you for, way off topic again? But are you familiar with Encore Creativity? I am. Okay. Yeah, and I never could do it because I'm a ceramic artist, and I never could meet their get their okay their rehearsals. But it's always sounded wonderful. And yeah, their, they, their director it sounds like is a just, great program. Yeah, That's, um, it is. 
you know, I think it's, I think it's over 50 is, is where they, they do it. But I mean, if, and, and you don't really even have to have any talent. So that was where I like sort of stepped to the front of the line. It was like, you know, they, I said, they put you in the back and sort of drown out your voice, but uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's just wonderful. I mean, they've got, and they've really changed because as probably when it was founded, it was, it's a pretty old organization, but it was, you know, the, we'll say like the old fuddy duddy music, but now that the, you know, the younger people are getting older. Now they've got a whole rock thing that... I, I was in that. That was wonderful. In Encore. The Encore Rock. Oh, we yeah. had such a good time. All, all the old things from our past, the music and singing, and there were enough people there that you could get drowned out. And this is a good thing <laughs> if you're not a strong uh, singer. One of the things that was interesting that I heard that the director had said is if you can talk, you can sing. And I thought, that's so encouraging because uh, usually everyone's so critical, you know. I go to church and hum because it's just really bad. <laughs> I, have to, I have to jump in and give a plug to the Anne Arundel Community College music department because I sing with the community college and I have done and I do ceramics at the community college. And they are a really comp- competent music department that offers really Great. good yeah, stuff. Very good. So their concerts are also wonderful. Well, I, th- I think we're very fortunate with AACC here yeah, in, so, in the area. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. as far as nursing and culinary, and I mean, yep. they've got some wonderful programs. Two thirds sure. of my kids went through there because they had no clue what they wanted to do before, uh, right out of high school, and it was just a wonderful opportunity for them. And. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's great that Brian Lewis said they're involved with the London Town Community or the London Town Symphony Orchestra as well. You know, there's something that I no. didn't say as far as involvement in the community. In 2001, I founded and directed, I was the founding director of All Children's Chorus of Annapolis, which is now a 100-member, very well-known and respected yeah. children's chorus. And our first rehearsal was on a 9-11, which they was quite every a... every 4th of July. At right. The, they do. At the and Pisgah, I, that, at the I started that. I started yeah, that started. for the, yeah. the swearing-in of new citizens. And I always thought that was really cool. That's one thing. If, if, you've ne- if anybody's never seen this, and you should come out here for the 4th of July, it is yes. amazing. Um, in the Pekka House, signer of the Declaration of Independence, they bring in... New citizens, they swear them in. So they have usually some muckety muck from the federal government come and and do the oath and everything else. And I I didn't realize until probably seven or eight years ago that somebody could come in on a green card, work an entire career on on a green card, and not be a citizen. Then just all of a sudden be it. But it, but it's amazing to sit there and see these folks from every single country like and. Me. <laughs> I, and I, I just had, you know, I mean, choked me up. It was, it's, it's wonderful. And you know, I was very proud of that. I have to say I, that I started that particular part of the ceremony and all that, yeah, and, and it was, it's been great. It's, it has. I mean, to your point, I mean, the, you know, the folks that are moving into Providence Point uh, are are giving back. Um, you know, the the whole cliche time, talent, and treasure. There is a certain level of affluence that comes in there. Again, it's not going to be. Uh, the community for everybody, but you know they are going to be supporting our local organizations, um, volunteering, you know, mentoring maybe maybe mentoring kids, maybe uh, teaching, you know, working with CRAB, which is the Chesapeake Region Accessible Boating. I hope I got that one right. Uh, you know, the certainly the uh, Children's Chorus of Annapolis or whatever it may be. Uh, typically, the folks that will be moving in here are, are going to be embedded deep into the community, and that's that's huge. That's huge for the city and the county, and the state. 
There is no doubt. And we have firsthand um, experience with that at some of our other communities. And I would even say it's with residents who um, maybe didn't think in those terms when they first moved in, but it, it, it evolved. It evolved by virtue of really getting more entrenched in the community, seeing where the needs were. And, and also, it, it happens very organically. Sometimes it's, it's a new skill or talent that's learned that you realize you could make a difference out in the community. I'll use one uh, example that we have at one of our other communities. We had a number of women who could knit, crochet, um, a, a, a something that most of us have learned when we were younger. Um, they learned how to take plastic bags and knit mats for the homeless. And so they take them all around to the homeless shelters and, and the homeless um, areas within the community by virtue of giving them a mat that doesn't that keeps the wet, that keeps the water away. Um, that that's just one example of many uh, that we have of ways in which, uh, and and we get a lot of requests. So we'll get a request or a call to action, and it's our residents that that, that take the call. Nice. So absolutely, Great. and then absolutely, as Janet was saying, um, yeah, COVID. I, I will admit to you, I never thought we'd be in year three. Of, of, of dealing with this pandemic. But I would say to you, I always feel that change equals opportunity. And we see a lot of opportunity that has happened by virtue of this pandemic in terms of the way that we design, in terms of the way that we were able to use technology. And technology is expedited so, so dramatically by virtue of, of what we've had to do through the pandemic. And we've learned ways of, for air quality, ways in, in which to ensure that if we if social isolation has to occur, it doesn't have to occur at the same magnitude as we had when we first learned of COVID uh, in 2020. Those days are gone, in my opinion. In my opinion, we've learned so much from that that we can do what we need to do to feel safe without creating such an impediment to everyone's lifestyle. Hmm. Um, I know National Lutheran has communities in very similar areas. I mean, they're very rich culturally. They're uh, very diverse as far as, you know, incomes and, you know, race and gender, you know, the whole nine yards, which really makes for a good place to live. I mean, I've been to some friends that are out in the middle of Nebraska and you sit there and you say, it's, it's pretty homogenous and uh, which is probably very fine for some people. I mean, I like I like variety. I like to uh, see I, mean, I don't know if anybody got down to see the uh, Pride Parade down in Annapolis mm-hmm. over the weekend. And it was just a, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a nice event. The St. Patrick's Day Parade, the, the way the community comes together for everything is just, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's grown, certainly. I mean, over the years that you've, you've seen it. And um, it, it will continue to grow. Yeah. And it's we beautiful. just need to figure out how to do it smartly. That's a tenet of urban growth, that you, people have this idea that they love a, a certain area and they don't want it to change. But it either has to grow or die. So if it doesn't grow, it's going to be the opposite. And, and you can see that in certain areas that are sort of, they're not places to visit anymore. They're not vital. They don't have new things. And uh, so you just have to accept change is in, inevitable. I, you know, is that that's the one thing that does sort of frustrate me about the, the city government within the city is that they and the Historic Preservation Commission tends to be a little bit restrictive. I mean, I remember when they wanted to put um, replace wood columns with the fiberglass columns that looked identical to it. And they lost in they ultimately lost in court to do it. And I can't remember how many hundreds of thousands of dollars they spent fighting it. And I'm like, OK, if, if you really want the city the way it was, well, let's just like turn off your water. We'll give you a little bit of a bucket to 
you know, take care, take care of your business and just toss it out into the street and let it flow down into the creek. That's, that's how it works. You know, progress does come in and obviously there are, there are costs with it, but I, I do get so tired of when you hear, I like it the way it was. Because but it hasn't been that I, way for a long time. Gavin has been incredible for yeah, yeah, popping I, the, 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 even the vision of what the city of Annapolis can be and will be. And just seeing the garage come tumbling down was very exciting. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a long time coming. And, and one thing I will give Gavin credit for, I mean, he is a dreamer and he's not afraid to try something. For sure. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and I think, think you need to do that. And, and you've, You've got to be reasonable about it, and I mean, he was. I mean, he's had he's had a couple missteps, and he's for sure. backs backs right off and says, "Okay, well, I think this can work." Yeah. Um, I, this I, testing that they're doing down on Market Space with the sort of pseudo permanent outdoor dining behind the Market House and around, I think. If they get rid of traffic on there and, and boardwalk that over or something like that, that's going to be a fabulous space. Yeah. And you know, we'll be interesting to see how City Dock goes. I mean, I give him a lot of credit for what he's done. I lived in Annapolis when they were decided to have the traffic circle go the other way. This was in the late 60s, early 70s. There was a gas station, as you probably know, down where the flagpole is, was a gas station that was a roundabout. And the market house was not what it is now. But watching them say, okay, now everybody has to go this This way. And I stood in a building up over a sign of the wheel. I can remember watching the traffic, and it was hilarious. And as far as taking out the traffic circle because a gas station left, nobody would stop going around the empty space. <laughs> Old habits So it just stayed as a circle only because nobody knew what to do without it. Really weird. You were probably, were you here then? When the I've been here. My late husband was born and raised in Annapolis, right. and my kids have been raised here, and I've been here um, 50 years. Yeah, I have a little over 50, but yeah. it's some of the changes. Big changes. Been, right. Yeah. <laughs> they used to call it nap town, and for a good reason, put you to sleep. Yeah, well, I, I have some friends that, that grew up here that were, you know, right before the mall, and, it was, you know, it's, it's riding the bikes down there to Weems Creek and the dirt and the fields, and it's, you look there. I, I spoke with Liquor Martin Deli. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the the orange uh, the red building with the yellow roof right at the corner of General's Highway across from what ap- was Applebee's at the mall, and they opened up right before oh, yeah, the yeah, mall yeah. was there. Yeah, and their initial boost of business was from the workers at the mall. They would come over and they would, and now it's, it's been there now forty years, I think. Now they also own Anne's Dairy Queen or Dairy Anne's Dairy Cream, I think. Up by I don't even uh, know where a Dairy Queen is, but I tell you, when I moved to Annapolis. It took us, I lived down near Bay Ridge at, in Anchorage, and um, it took five minutes yes. for me to get from Anchorage to Pearl. And no where stop. There was, no stop. There <laughs> was, it was, that was it. It was straight shot. And eventually, of course, eventually it became a nightmare. But, I mean, five minutes, it was a great place to live. Well, yes and no, because there were no great restaurants. There were no great shops. I remember when the first... She she shop came to town. It was called the San Francisco. Do you oh. remember that? No, I don't remember San Francisco. Yeah. But I but it was like the first shop that had cool things other than <laughs> just the other. And then Wallmeister's ice cream parlor. Remember oh, that? Nice. That was a big deal. And so it's it's uh, for someone who has watched it through the '60s all the way through to now. Uh, yeah, you have to, everything's a trade off. Everything's a trade-off, and I just like the fact that Annapolis is just really a wonderful place to go out and eat and have dinner, yeah. sit out in the sidewalks now and have a meal or a drink. So uh, yeah. I think it's great. 
It is. My best Annapolis it's, story was when the ebb tide was still around, the mm. uh, little dive bar down on mm-hmm. Bay Ridge. And I was sitting there. It was about 11 o'clock. And I look over and I'm going, looking at this guy sitting at the bar next to me. Finally, I said, are you Steve Forbes? And he says, Yeah. And I, I said, okay, I think this is hysterical because Steve Forbes has been sitting here and nobody in the bar except for me recognized who he was. And I was like, well, what are you doing here? He said, well, we had a thing we were doing at the academy. We had the boat down here and we asked the mate, I want to just sort of go to a dive bar. And this is what they recommend. I said, well, give the guy a raise. I said, you know, he, he picked the right one. And we just had a great time talking. My parents had a farm that was a couple of farms down from his father, Malcolm Forbes, up in North Jersey. So we I never met him, but I mean, it was, so it was kind of fun. We were reminiscing about that. And at the end of the night, I'm like, okay, so now I'm going to go out into the night and I'm going to assess whether I'm driving home or walking home, uh, depending on how much I've had at the ebb tide. And you're going to call for a limousine and go to your $300 million yacht and we're never <laughs> going to see each other. And he says, well, conceptually, you're right. He says, your math is a little bit off. And I said, you know, that's the perfect way to end the, you know, <laughs> perfect ending to a night at the ebb tide with Steve Forbes. But, uh, you know, you just never know who you run. I was at the Naval Academy on I-Day one time, and all the, the the incoming plebes were told to, you say, good, mo- good morning, ma'am, good morning, and sort of everybody you see. And, I mean, they were, it didn't matter who you were. If you were, it was, you, know, you didn't have to be enlisted or anything. It was like, good morning, ma'am, good morning, sir, good morning. And it was cacophony. And all of a sudden, Jimmy Buffett rolls out. He was doing something there. And I, I'm looking at these kids, and their mind is just blown. It's like, I have no idea what I've gotten myself into. I've been on buses. I've been unloaded. I've been poked. I've been prodded. I've been warned about this and that. I'm holding things up, saluting. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And Jimmy Buffett's here. (laughs) (laughs) So it's such a unique town. And, um, you know, the lifestyle that the village of Providence Point is going to afford to, you know, everybody that's in there is just going to be absolutely wonderful. Uh, the, The key is to get the... As uh, Brian said, get the spades in the ground, and everybody will be uh, a lot happier at this point. And hopefully, as Cindy said, it might be probably the fall. Fingers crossed. Well, I want to thank everybody so much for your time today. And, um, you know, in a a larger sense, uh, I want to thank you guys all for your commitment to Annapolis. Uh, I'm a resident here, uh, as we all are, and what you've done, uh, you know, by you know, buying into by staying, staying in the community, by moving into the community from Crofton and from certainly preserving the community on your aspect is just wonderful because, I mean, it is going to help Annapolis continue on, uh, you know, for the, for the next generation. So it's, um, but I do appreciate your time. It's been great to meet you and we'll check back in after, uh, after that first month, we'll check on the, uh, the nail pops in the ceiling. Check the bar and see if there's a piano there. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Where's the, where's the piano and is it in the bar? That's great. Um, is there anything that we need to know that's new and exciting or that, that we may not have covered already yet, Cindy? Do you know? Oh, my goodness. I could go on forever about everything that's, that, that's, that's new and exciting that we're doing. I would say this. Um, we're right now working on construction design. So that in itself is exciting on our part in, in, in order to make the vision the reality in, in terms of what we're doing. I would say to you that um, everything we do is intentional to that dream, discover, you know, explore kind of concept that we have for the village. And in, in doing so, we're, we're making it very multifaceted so that, again, the space is going to be there for the residents to create it to what they want it to be and what, what they want to do with the space. So. Well, if anyone wants to look at it, you want to go to thevillageatprovidencepoint.com. 
org. And that's a real long domain name, but it's pretty obvious what it is. And if you can get over to 1997 Annapolis Parkway Exchange, um, or maybe just called Annapolis Exchange Parkway, uh, it's the five-story building across from the mall on Jennifer Road. And you do have a sample unit in here, right? We do, yes. We have a sample apartment here within the sales center that people can go to and actually see the reality of it. Absolutely. Okay. And is this open all the time, pretty much like 9 to 5, that... Generally, I believe it is. I know it's at least Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, and I know at least weekends by appointment, if not more than that. Okay. So the village of Providence org is where you'd want to go. You could probably get set up an appointment to come look, get all your questions answered that um, we certainly haven't been able to cover 100% of it here with, uh, with, with Janet, Cindy, and uh, Brian, and Liz, and Nancy. But that's uh, it's an exciting it's an exciting time and uh, for sure. again thank you guys very much for making the making our community better and it is our community so and and thank you thank you for giving us a forum to be able to start to share the story because the story is a good story and it's based in facts and it gives us the opportunity to, to share the facts to share the facts of the journey we took to share the facts of what it took to get the approvals of all the concessions we've made to be able to say that we have this wonderful partnership with the city of Annapolis and almost have set a standard for any other environmentally sensitive types of project going forward. Thank you for giving us a forum to be no. able to. And I, I, just one more thing I wanted to add in too, Janet, with that. I mean, I, I don't know the finances of the whole thing, but I'm going to venture to say that um, there probably were many more options that you could have made a little bit more money than with National Lutheran Communities and Services. That, Well, I had already looked at so many things prior to them, and once we came on board, I, I never wavered because I thought it was perfect, uh, based on my personal experience with my mom. Uh, and just thinking, what is the best thing I could put on this property that d- has the least amount of violating the environment or having too much traffic or whatever. Uh, I didn't have a lot of uh, say-so in with the first iteration with the developers out of, out of state. Um, and they wanted to get as much out of the properties they could with so many things they put in it. But um, now it's uh, something to be really proud of in terms of preserving the environment and trees. I'm a tree hugger, too. And, uh, <laughs> and all, all the facets and, and the accommodations that National Lutheran made are a really amazing list of accommodations yeah. they made. Yeah. I think it's impressive. Thank you guys all so much. I appreciate it. Thank Thank you. you. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionannapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.